Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I've got a fantastic guest for you today, but real quick before we get to them, I have to tell you about Certified Piedmontese because this is a brand I am so excited about. In fact, I will never forget the first time I had Certified Piedmontese. The crown jewel of my initial visit to Casa Bovina was a beautiful rib cap that was so lean and tender, it was almost silky in texture. The moment that beef hit my taste buds, I was hooked. These animals are raised all natural on a network of family ranches across the Midwest, so Certified Piedmontese is able to cut out the middleman and buy directly from the source. And while I highly encourage you to check out Casa Bovina, you can savor this beef at home, too. Whether you order off Piedmontese.com or by calling one 800 414-3487, your purchase will be shipped directly to your front door. Plus, when you use my discount code HOPPEN, H-O-P-P-E-N, you get 25% off your order. How can you beat that? So what are you waiting for? Get some steaks, burgers, bacon, or other meats and experience the certified Piedmontese difference for yourself today. And now, to my guest. Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I'm your host, Dan Hoppin', and today we're going to do something for the first time on this podcast, and that is dive into the world of macarons. Now, there are probably a lot of listeners who just heard that term and went, what is a macaron? And if that's you, you definitely need to listen to this episode, because once you experience a great macaron, you will never forget it. And I'm not sure if there's anyone better to introduce us to this delightful treat than Ashley Miller, the owner of Sweet Ash Max. Ashley, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Okay, so right off the bat, if there is anyone who's listening to this who does not know what a macaron is, I just want to obliterate that misunderstanding. Just red carpet, I'm rolling it out. What is a macaron and how would you define it? Um, a macaron is, some people either call it like a French pastry or like a French cookie. It's basically a meringue-based cookie made with almond flour, meringue, um, and then you can basically sandwich it with things as far as like buttercreams and ganaches or like fruit centers and compotes, um, they're very versatile things, but basically it's an almond-based meringue cookie. (laughs) The way that I described it to my father-in-law the first time is it's a chefy French version of an Oreo. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. think of it that way. It, it's a, it's a, like, at its most basic, it's kind of a sandwich cookie. Like, that's a good way to introduce it to people. But the way that you described it, it's obviously so much more. And we're going to get into that. Um, because I, I kind of want to start with a quote that you have on your website. You said, there's a quote on there that says, some say it's a cookie. Some say it's a macaron. I say it's an experience. And I, I, I'm really, really interested in what you mean by that. What makes a macaron an experience? Well, like I said, they're very versatile. So you can literally turn these things into anything you want. You can create them with any flavors that you want. Um, you can design them any kind of way that you want as far as like colors and shapes into characters. You can do like hearts or like I've done them even into um, like Hello Kitty macarons or like little dino macarons. Um, it's just you know, the experience that you have behind them is like the first time that you try one. Um, you know, if you've never had them before, I obviously recommend getting them homemade rather than store-bought, but it's just a whole entire new experience because like so many people don't realize like the texture that they have behind them or like 
how good they actually can be if you cater them to like the preference that you want for your like flavors that you enjoy. Mm -hmm. And what is that texture specifically? Um, it's, it's kind of hard to describe, but like, so there's different ways that you can make them. You can make them a French method and a a Swiss method or an Italian method. And all three of those really kind of give you different like textures behind each macaron. I personally think that like the French ones are a little bit more of like a chewier, um, sometimes not as sweet um, as potentially like the Swiss or maybe Italian, but there's so many different recipes and like methods out there. Um, I do the Swiss method. And so like when you bite into one, it's going to have a little bit of like that eggshell crisp on the outside. And then on the inside, it's going to be like very, um, it just should like melt into your mouth. Um, and so that's why they recommend is like eating them at room temperature as well, because if you eat them straight out of the fridge, you know, just like any kind of food, it's going to be a little bit more like hard and crunchy. But if you let them get to room temperature, they're so much better because they just like have a little bit of that eggshell bite and then just like melt right into your mouth. It's a nice chewy texture. That right there was beautifully said. I have tried to describe macarons to people so many times, and I have never even come close to doing it as well (laughs) as you did in the last 20 seconds. I mean, I guess it is your profession, so you're probably pretty good at it at this point. But very, very well done. Thank you. One other thing that I want to specify, because common misconception, macarons and macaroons, not the same thing. These are two very different desserts. They commonly get confused, but a macaroon is, it's kind of a, dessert cookie as well but it's made with sweetened flaked coconut and it is in my opinion ridiculously inferior to what Ashley just described but I wanted to make that distinction there we're talking about macarons so you kind of talked about how macarons are an experience and you remember that first time when you bite into one so I want to get into that experience with you what like do you remember having a macaron for the first time (laughs) I do and actually um I was on a work trip um I used to manage for Scooters Coffee Corporate for six years and we went on a work trip to um opened some stores down in San Francisco and we were shopping in a mall and I feel like people that have never had one they look at one and they like are like oh those are just interesting I want to try one so I bought three of them and they were so sweet and terrible I actually ended up (laughs) throwing all of them away because they were awful and I'm like I don't know who would ever want to eat those they're they're disgusting um and then I just got a little bit more inspired by people who um, I used to work for later. And um, then I just started baking and then I started trying on my own. Um, and then I was like, wow, these can actually be like really good. Cause like I said, you can cater them to your own preference, your taste palette. And um, then I discovered that, you know, a macaron is not just like a one size fits all. There's a lot of different ways that you can make them and they can actually be really, really good. So I'm so interested because that first experience was so like poor for you. And to be clear, if macarons are not made right, Mm -hmm. like it's a very delicate process. If they're not made right, (laughs) they can be bad. They can. So what, what made you like stick with it? Because I think a lot of people would, if they try something and it's a bad experience the first time they end up throwing it out, they're not going to come back and try that again. 
there must have been something about that experience that at least made you curious that, hey, this version wasn't good, but I think there's a good idea here. Mm -hmm. Is that the case? Yeah, I just, I like a challenge and I, um, I've always been kind of crafty and I like the fact that you can kind and I guess I've always really enjoyed baking, but I like the fact that I can kind of join all of those things together until like one one thing, if that makes sense. Um, I think just enjoying the fact that I can create so many different things out of one recipe, um, but I can fill it with so many other things as far as like flavors and compotes and ganaches and really just cater to like what people like. Mm-hmm. Now, I would love for you to pull back the curtain a little bit on just how difficult macarons are to make because I mean even experienced bakers struggle with this this is Mm -hmm. like a very technical skill because you talked earlier about having that that almost eggshell like consistency on the outside of the macaron but it 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 does kind of get chewy and uh almost that melt in your mouth quality as you bite into it that's really really hard to achieve so I'm not going to ask you to like break down your recipe or tell me everything about how to bake them but maybe just like Give us one or two things about the process of making macarons that makes them so technically difficult to help people understand that when they bite into this thing, it's like, it's a science. It's not just food. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the difficulty behind them is, honestly, if you mess up even a little bit on every single step of making macarons, you can completely destroy the whole entire thing. Um, especially as far as like when you're making your meringue. Um, if you overbeat the meringue or if you underwhip the meringue, then your shells are either going to potentially become cracked or they can look like, like oily and wrinkly on the top of them. And like, you want that smooth kind of like hard texture on the outside. Like you should be able to kind of click it with your fingers hard enough that, um, you're not going to break the shell, but it's also going to hold up its stability for you to be able to um, enjoy it later after it's, after it's matured. And then there's another process of like if you over macronage the batter. So after you combine all of the ingredients, you have to fold the batter together. And if you overfold it, then you're going to either get you're probably going to get really roughly shells and it's not going to hold its like texture after it's done baking. If you under macaron under macronage your shells there um it's just it's just not going to turn out right so it's very critical in every single step of making these macarons that like you just have to nail it um it's not one of those things that you can you know whip up a batch of chocolate chip cookies and you know they're even if they don't turn out pretty they're still going to taste good kind of thing like if you mess up these on any kind of step it's critical because it's, you're just not going to have the right texture and um, it's not going to be as like appealing, you know, on the, the taste buds <laughs> as well once you eat it. How long did it take you from the point where you started experimenting with making these to the point where you felt like really comfortable, like, okay, I nailed these? Um, You know, honestly, still, I feel like I just am always working to achieve the best macaron. Um, I mess up still so much. And so I have to redo them. And a lot of the things that can affect them are like time, temperature, humidity, so many things that um, I still feel like I'm perfecting them. But I don't know, I would maybe say 
Oh, probably like three or four months just until I was like super comfortable to sell them. And I don't know if even at the point that I did start selling them, if I was still super confident, I've had a lot of like trial and errors, a lot of, you know, blood, sweat and tears, a lot of tears down the road to really try and get to where I am um, in perfecting these things. And like I said, like I'm still learning to perfect them every day. I would never say that I've completely nailed it or got it down There's people that have done this for like so many years, you know, and they're still still working towards perfection. Mm -hmm. One of the amazing things, and you touched on this a little bit, I think about macarons is they're really just kind of a blank canvas. You can Mm -hmm. go in so many different directions with the shape, with the color, with the design and focusing specifically on the flavor. You offer so many different types of flavors from more basic ones like coffee, orange, watermelon, stuff like that to just like really creative ones like peanut butter cup and s'mores and uh, cinnamon toast crunch. How many flavors of macarons have you made? Um, Gosh, like so many. So I have like my basic standard list that people can order off of that um, I can do, you know, on the daily. But if I have like if I were tried to do like a hundred plus flavors. I just don't have quite the inventory to be able to hold up those things, you know, cause a lot of the stuff can be perishable. Um, but I would say that I've probably done at least like 50 plus flavors. I have my standard, I think like 30 plus that people can order from, but I do a lot of like holiday boxes and with those people always want a variety. And so I try my best to like explore in the different Uh, you know, flavors and things that I haven't necessarily done. And so if I get a lot of good feedback from it, then I potentially add it to my menu. But so many, I would say at least like 50 plus. It's hard to narrow it down to a number, but. Where does your inspiration from new flavors come from? Um, walk down the ice cream aisle, you know, like walk down (laughs) the aisles of like muffins or something where they, um, I don't know. A lot of it, too, is I I follow a lot of, like, macaron artists, like, on Instagram and Facebook and like that. And so um, there's such a wonderful and, like, helpful community out there because, like I said, they are a very hard pastry to make. If you Google hardest pastry to make, macaron comes Mm -hmm. up as one of the top. (laughs) (laughs) And so a lot of us um, really support each other and, like, helping you know, figure out those things and the flavors and how we want to expand and change things up. And, um, I get inspiration from a lot of, a lot of, um, like internet, you know, ice cream aisles for sure. There, you're always going to have those crazy flavors that you would never think of like, Oh, that would actually be kind of good in a macaron. Right. Hey there, listeners. We'll get back to my guest in a minute, but I got to remind you one more time about certified Piedmontese. Did you know that just 1% of all cattle raised in the U.S. is Piedmontese? Or that this red meat is so healthy that it's similar in micronutrients to Atlantic salmon and chicken breast? Rare, healthy, and most importantly, delicious. That's a trio that just can't be beat. I'm so confident that you'll get hooked on certified Piedmontese beef like I did that I want to help you try it. When you visit Piedmontese.com and use my promo code HOPPEN, that's my last name, H-O-P-P-E-N, you'll receive 25% off your order. That's 25% off steaks, burgers, brats, sausages, and even bacon. Yeah, I said it. Beef bacon. It'll change your life. Use my promo code to score a great deal and experience why certified Piedmontese is such a big deal today. And now, back to my guest. 
So I, I just want to take a second real quick um, because you mentioned making custom orders on the website. Like to to shout out right now, if anyone is listening and they're like, I want to get my hands on these. I, I need to experience this. Go to sweetashmax.com. You can place custom orders there. Like you mentioned, you do the holiday boxes sometimes that pop up. The best way to, I would say, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the best way to follow stuff like that is to follow you at Sweet Ash Max on Instagram and Facebook, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, sweet. We got that covered. Uh, getting back into the flavors, I'm just stunned. Every time, like, we got a, a sampler box from my church's small group, and we got, I think, like, eight different flavors. And as we bit into each one, I was just stunned by how accurate each one was like I feel like you could have blindfolded me given me any of those and I could have been into it I'd have been like s'mores I'm like sitting around a campfire or the orange it feels like I'm in Florida like drinking a glass of fresh squeezed orange juice it is incredible how accurate the flavors are just right to what they're supposed to be I, I don't even know exactly how to ask this but like how do you develop flavors like what's the process like if, if you're walking down the ice cream aisle and you see, for just for example, like chocolate chip cookie dough, and you're like, I want to make a chocolate chip cookie dough macaron. How do you start that flavor R and D process? Um, I mean, Google is <laughs> awesome, you know, for googling recipes. Pinterest, I look on there sometimes, but um, I I develop the recipes, and if I don't like it, then I'll tweak it until I get it to where I think that it's good enough. Um. I do really like to incorporate like a lot more of like real things, not just like flavoring extracts, but like I really love like ganaches because a ganache is just like chocolate or heavy whipping cream and you can do like fruits. Um, You can just leave it basically like the heavy whipping cream. And if you have a really good, you know, like I use fine Belgium chocolate um, and it's very expensive. So I think that that's where you can get like a better mouthfeel and you can really taste the difference between, you know, just like store-bought chocolate morsels versus like very fine Belgium chocolate. Um, But it's just a lot of like trial and error and really like tweaking recipes to figure out um, the best um, outcome of your flavors that you think are really going to pair well with your macarons. All right. So real fun question coming up next. But first, I want to take a quick second to give a shout out to the newest sponsor of the podcast, and that's Lone Tree Foods. So on this podcast, we talk a lot about the value of using local ingredients. Not only do they enhance the flavor of food, but they also support local producers. And that's why Lone Tree Foods is such an awesome company. It connects small farms and food producers with local restaurants, stores, schools, and families. Check out LoneTreeFoods.com to find local produce and herbs, meats, dairy, eggs, grains, and more. All right. And now, the fun question. What are some of your favorite flavors and what are some best sellers? Um, I would say... For like my regular flavors, because I have like a regular flavors list and then I do like a little bit more bougied up, you know, uh, (laughs) specialty macarons. Um, I would say I really love the vanilla almond. So I'll sometimes infuse the macaron shells with like a vanilla bean in there. And then I do like an almond buttercream and 
for some reason. I personally really think, and a lot of other customers have told me that they really like the the almond. It's just like subtle, but it's also like it has a nice sweetness as well to it. Um, strawberry, of course, because, you know, there's always those kiddos that like love their, their strawberry. And then I do also use, like, like I said, I like to use like real things rather than just the extracts. So like for my strawberry, I will like crush down freeze dried strawberries and add that into the buttercream as well. So you're actually getting like things just as they are, not just like super artificial tasting things. Um, if I do like orange, um, I'll like, mash down oranges or I'll boil them so you kind of get that like very concentrated orange and then infuse it into the buttercream but I would say vanilla strawberry for sure and like lemon are probably like my tops for my regular flavors for my specialty it honestly is like a little bit all over the place sometimes um salted caramel for sure is definitely one of my tops um people really like the fruity pebbles one though I don't make that one customized because like you have to have the fruity pebbles on the outside it just doesn't give it the nice mouthfeel and like texture um and flavor that you're gonna get just from the buttercream and then I would also say probably like the chocolate ganache and oh so many uh, cake batter for sure, and s'mores. I definitely sell a lot of s'mores. S'mores is fantastic. It is yeah. really good. I mean, they're they're all really good, but some are nines, some are tens, some are some are elevens. Like yeah. none are bad. Thank you. To be clear, uh, is there like what what in your opinion is the like weirdest or most unique flavor that you've made or even tried oh. to make, and maybe it maybe you couldn't quite get it, so it didn't make the menu, or maybe you didn't know if it was going to sell and it sold really well. Like when, when I ask that question, weirdest or most unique flavor, what comes to your mind? I don't know if I've done any like super bizarre, crazy ones. Um, one of the macaron artists that I do follow has made like a sweet corn ganache. Whoa. And I honestly <laughs> thought that that would actually be like really good. I don't know if I've done anything like super crazy or like really out there, any kind of thing. But, um, like my Snickers ones, um, those ones take a very long time to make um, because it has like a nougat center and then you're going to do like a salted caramel buttercream on the outside and then just to make the caramel, it will take me like at least an hour before I can even use it, you know, because you boil it and get it um, very, very hot and then you have to strain it and then you have to put it in a refrigerator to make sure that you can use it before putting it in a piping bag. So those ones at least take me like a couple of hours just to make like one dozen, you know, and it's like, is it worth it? You know, just for like the, the $30, but you know, they don't, they don't always take quite as long as some of the rest of them. But yeah, I don't know if I have any super crazy, bizarre, um, flavors you keep it classic and i i like that i respect mm -hmm. that maybe in the future there's an opportunity to get crazy yeah. or do spicy macarons yeah. or do savory <laughs> mac i have no idea i i don't know what i'm talking about right now i'm sure other people, people are do doing people have done it they have done it it's really well okay actually you know i take that back i did do a maple bacon one. Ooh, yeah. that sounds good. I've done I've just done so many that it's hard, you know, it's kind right. of all blends together. But the maple bacon one was actually really good. It sounds interesting, but you get kind of that sweet and you get that savory together and it works out really well. Mm. Well, hopefully that makes a return yeah. at some point in the future. <laughs> so moving from flavor to design, you have done 
so many different designs. And this is just scratching the surface, but you've done smiling pineapples to you did brain ones recently to Sonic the Hedgehog to Hello mm-hmm. Kitty. I mean, like as I was prepping for this podcast last night, I was just scrolling through some of your old Instagram photos and my wife was sitting next to me on the couch and she's just like, oh, that one's so cute. Oh, that one's so cute. That one's so cute. <laughs> and it was just like over and over again. As you think back on all the designs that you've done, are there a couple that you're really proud of that just like popped to the front of your mind? Like, man, that was really hard or, but it turned out great. Or that one was really cool. Anything like that? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, obviously the character ones are definitely challenging, but I, I like that kind of challenge, you know, but it's crazy. Cause if you mess it up, even just a little bit, you can totally screw up your whole entire design. Um, I would say I made these Hello Kitty ones that were very, very intricate, and um, it was so many different layers and so many little tiny things that, you know, that you have to sit there and hand pipe all of it out, Um, and between each layer, you have to let it dry before you can pipe another layer on top of that, and so that's why these things aren't necessarily quite as cheap you know as the the other ones but uh the hello kitty ones were super awesome because they were like a full entire hello kitty it wasn't just their face like a full-bodied one um and then she had like a little birthday hat on and she was holding a cupcake and so i mean my my character macarons i i'm not gonna like make them super big you know because then that cost cuts into my cost of goods and my inventory as well so I have to keep them fairly small an average macaron is like um like about two inches sometimes even a little bit smaller than that and so for my character ones I do I'll keep them usually at least three and a half inches or under and so piping those tiny little intricate details it's it's tough sometimes I honestly redid these Hello Kitty macarons I think like four times until I was really happy with it and just thinking about you know the time that I put into each layer of those you know I'm just I strive for the perfection I really like you know the very fine details and looking at something and being like wow like that that's awesome right there and so it's it's um it just makes me feel good to put something out there that's kind of like a wow factor at somebody's like special occasion or birthday or celebration things like that um and so those hello kitties I was I was really proud of those ones um also I might be pronouncing this wrong but Mirakami flower I don't know if I pronounced it right. I, I have no idea. So just oh, okay. say it confidently yeah. and you, you can fool me at least. <laughs> yeah. It's like that uh, rainbow flower. Okay. And it has like one of those big smiley faces on yes, it. Yes. Yes. Okay, okay. Yes. Um, so a gal that used to bake, um, and I think that she said that she's also made macarons before too, um, wanted the Mirakami flowers and uh, they have oh, 12 different colors on them. And so I had to split my batter 12 different times in order to color every single layer of that, that flower. And so, um, (laughs) it was time consuming because when you split your batter, you have to like really eye it and make sure that you're not, 
um, shorting yourself on enough because just to like whip up a batch, it takes it. And if you don't have all of your ingredients weighed out, it takes at least like 30 to 45 minutes just to like make the batch before you start like splitting it into different bowls and coloring it, you know, and then putting it into the piping bags and actually piping it after you've done the whole entire process. And so my first try, they all came out perfect. And I was so pleased and so happy with that because just like I said, the amount of time that it takes just to put into them and to pipe them and wait for the layers to dry before you can pipe another one. Um, and they were just really pretty and full of vibrant color. And I really like all that stuff. So those, and then, um, I just recently did some stitch macarons, um, from like Lilo and stitch. And those were pretty intricate as well. She sent me a design of what she wanted. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to take the challenging route and do the harder ones. And I did, and they actually came out really good. And so I was super proud of those ones too. They are all very beautiful. Thank you. How did you get into baking originally? Um, I've just always kind of had a passion for baking. Um, but I mean, I would just do, you know, the easy like chocolate chip cookies, you know, or like brownies, things like that of nature that are just like scrolling on Pinterest that are only going to take you like 30 to 45 minutes, (laughs) you know? Um, but I, when I was working at Marriott in the capital district, I was, um, bartending there and I would serve in their restaurant every so often and the culinary team back there and then the head chef at the time his name was John he was just awesome and um, he threw out so many different dishes that it just really kind of inspired me to like want to do something a little bit more challenging he gave me a handful of polycarbonate molds that you can use to make um, like bonbons and um he was always telling me I needed to make him bonbons and then of course COVID hit and then I never really got the chance because we all got unfortunately laid off but I just really wanted to bring him something back into the kitchen that he would be like proud of me (laughs) you know um because he's he's fantastic he did a really really good job of all the dishes and stuff that he created and so like you know you're doing a good job if someone approves of the things that you're making that they've spent, like, a number of years in that field of, like, perfecting things. I'm pretty sure if you went back to him and handed him one of your macarons now, I think he'd be pretty proud of <laughs> I it. Would so. it I would hope so. I would hope so. So you mentioned start of 2020. Obviously, that's COVID. You know, the restaurant industry, everything changes. People get laid off. People get furloughed. And it sounds like that was the case with you. Is that kind of when you really – dove into macarons and started to really hone in on it and say, I want to explore this specific thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I've just always been like, always like wanted something for myself, you know, my, my own niche, my own thing that like it's, it's mine. And so I always was like creative and thinking like, what am I going to do? I just like all kinds of different things that I tried to explore with that didn't really work. And then macarons, for some reason, they just stuck. And I was, like, making them and giving them out. And what I would do is I would, like, have people tell me flavors that they wanted before I started selling. And I would, like, I'm going to create it, and I'll just come and give it to you for free just so I could get some, like, good feedback off of it. And um, I started doing that, and people were like, you really need to, like, get your own Facebook page. You really just need to start. And so I was like, okay, maybe this is my thing. This is this is what it is. So I just kind of stuck with it, rolled with it. And then, like, 
um, I follow a lot of like macaron artists on Instagram and then I saw that they started making like really cool character ones with that. And I'm like, maybe that could be like my, my one thing that sets me apart from all of the other macaron bakers, you know, in, in Omaha. And so, yeah, I just kind of rolled with it and then it stuck and people just got, I got really awesome feedback from people and just kind of started from there. Now, like we talked about earlier, <laughs> macarons are, it's a hard process to mm-hmm. get down. I'm assuming there's a lot of trial and error to, to get to where you are now. And I think you mentioned you're still tweaking. What do you remember about the first time that you made macarons? Um, I mean, I wasn't like super happy with them, but I was also like excited that I did do it, you know, and they came out and I was like, this is actually really good. Um, I just didn't know how it was going to be, you know, because I didn't try one since that one time that I tried them in San Francisco. Really? And I'm like, yeah, no, I just kind of started it. And I was like, I'm just going to try it, see how it goes. And then I was like, okay, damn, that's actually really good. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just kind of rolled with it. You, you make that first batch. I'm just so curious about the process of getting from from that, where you're basically a macaron rookie to, to where you are now, where you're doing it professionally. This is your livelihood. This is your business. How are you constantly tweaking that recipe and experimenting with different baking times, different baking temperatures, different ingredients, whatever it might be? Like, How do you take it from that first bake to where you are right now? Um... You know, well, I've, I've figured out my method. I figured out the best um, recipe that I really like that is, like, my favorite and what I've really gotten, like, a lot of good feedback from. Um, and I've really just kind of stuck with it. But, like I said, I'm always trying to perfect it. So I really – I do Swiss macarons. Um, I do sometimes French for my character ones. Um, but I like the Swiss ones because I feel like they're a little bit more, like, aesthetically – like pleasing they look nicer I like the feet on them and like I like the like um smooth feet I'm not like super big on like the like really ruffly you know like ones that you're gonna get you know in like France or something like that though I'm not um dissing on anything that they have like if sure if they have a good they have their best methods there and I haven't tried one so I can't say but I just like the like aesthetically like pleasing look of them and then I also like a little bit more of that like eggshell crunch that you're going to get on the outside of them versus I feel like the the French ones don't have kind of that crisp on the outside. So I I don't know. I, um, I'm always kind of like tweaking it and it's always like trial and error. Um, I really, really want to nail Italian macarons because if you're going to make a macaron, those are definitely going to be your most challenging method. Um, so it's all the time and when I can honestly just like find the time to do it because my books are always full I'm usually booked out about a month in advance um or out and so when I do have the time um you know I'm like (laughs) do I really want to be baking right now (laughs) because it's what I do all day every day I'm just stuck in the kitchen which is not a bad thing I love it don't get me wrong but when I have the time and the motivation and I'm like okay let's experiment on this and see if I can try and nail these Italian ones. I've done them, I think, three times, and I'm still just not, like, completely satisfied. But it's just, um, you know, time and working towards it when uh, you have the time, I suppose, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, You mentioned back in 2020, you start making these, you're pretty happy with where they're at, and you start giving them to neighbors and kind of taste testing on them. 
and you're getting great feedback and they're like, Hey, these are really good. You know, can I try this flavor? Yada, yada. At what point did it, did the idea arise in your head that, Hey, there might be like an actual business here. Like I could, this might be my full-time job. Mm -hmm. Well, I, before I created my Facebook page, I was just putting them on my like personal page. And I think I had like a handful of friends that just asked if they could just buy them from me. And then it just kind of started working towards uh, like them pushing me to create my own like Facebook for it because they just really liked seeing the pictures of them and the full like fun flavors that I could create. And so I just finally did. I jumped the gun and did it. And then I, uh, just kind of started researching like cottage laws and making sure that I was like staying within my, you know, rights <laughs> um, and did that. And then it just kind of took off from there. How have you seen the business grow and evolve in the past two years? Um, I've been very fortunate. I've had just a wonderful like client base. A lot of just everyone here is like so, so supportive. It's awesome. And I have a lot of repeat business. I have a lot of loyal customers. Um, and I think Omaha Food Lovers has also been quite a bit of help. That's kind of where I put, put it out there. And then from there it really blossomed, but word of mouth. And then just, um, I try and give people like a little bit of incentives every so often, you know, like any good feedback, you know, I'll, um, honor like a 10% discount or something in the future. And so I think that that kind of helps as well. Um, to like spread the word but honestly I haven't really like had to do much of like promotion or anything like that which is really awesome I've been very blessed with it it's just I have really wonderful loyal customers that um, really help me honestly to grow my business and just because they're like proud of my work that they want to share it as well. When you have a product that is such high quality it really speaks for itself and people want to tell other people about like I've become a huge proponent of Sweet Ash Max. And like I said, I bought some for my for my uh, my church small group. That's exposing it to eight other people. Now we're getting a, a huge order for an event at our church. Hundreds of people are going to get to experience it then. And I think that's just how something grows organically is just if you make something great, people will find it. They will tell their friends and family about it, and then mm-hmm. it will just grow exponentially. And it's so exciting to see what you've been able to achieve And another way that you have grown is you have a collaboration going right now that I have to tell the world about (laughs) because I'm so excited. So Senti is a very new gelato company. It's operating out of the downtown location of Hardy Coffee. And you partnered with them to make an ice cream macaron sandwich that features two of your chocolate macarons, hearty flavored Senti gelato, toasted pecans, uh, crushed dark chocolate, and then it's all dipped. Well, half of it is dipped in dark chocolate, um, and, and it's hardened, and it's just, it blew my mind the first time I had this. So the question here, how did this collaboration come to be, and why did God force me to live nearly 33 years of my <laughs> life before I finally got to taste one of these things? I guess you only have to answer the first part of that question. The second part of that question, I will 
be saving for the rest of my life and wondering? <laughs> um, well, there's just like a lot of great work, like networking, you know, um, here in Omaha. I think that a lot of like foodies, you know, like yourself, um, they're great at like getting the word out and stuff like that. And so I had one gal that reached out to me. Um, why? I think you might mm-hmm. know who she mm-hmm. is. She's awesome. And so she bought um, some of my little avocado macarons that I did for a special for Valentine's Day. I think maybe last year and then me and her just kind of started chatting a little bit and then she invited me to one of her like hot pots that she did in her house and um, I went there just like blindly not knowing anybody but I was like well it's good for like networking you know and like meeting people and um, just potentially making more friends and stuff like that. And so I built up the confidence to go to this little hot pot where like all these people knew each other and I went there completely by myself, not knowing anybody, but it actually went out. It like worked out really, really well. And Eric, um, the guy who makes the gelato down at Hardy's, me and him just kind of chatted. And then, um, we would just compliment each other on like on each other's work every so often. And then it kind of built into a relationship where I proposed the idea of doing macaron ice cream sandwiches. And then, um, then we're like, okay, yeah, I, I think that we could probably make this happen. And so I would go down there and I would just drop him shells every so often. And he would play around with the idea of, um, you know, the flavors and stuff that he wanted. And then, um, I was very adamant about making sure that they get like drip drizzled or something, you know, cause like you can, you can put like a bowl of ice cream in front of someone, but how much better is it going to look if it has like at least a chocolate drizzle or something on top mm-hmm. of it, you know? <laughs> you know sexy it up a little bit. Yeah, for sure. So, um, we really played around with a lot of flavors. We, um, just, we work really well together and it's kind of fun that I can just get out and I'll go down there and we'll basically prep together and work together and have created some really good things. We have an, uh, a new flavor coming out, um, I think by next week. So we're pretty excited about that. All right. Well, that's something to keep an eye on. So to be clear, if you want to get your hands on those, go to uh, Senti's website and you can order those for pickup um, down, like I said, at that Hardy, uh, that Hardy location. And I can't wait to see what future flavors you come out with because that thing was so spectacular. I remember the first time I actually picked up gelato from Senti, he told me that he was working on a collaboration with you and this was like super early. So he gave me like a, a really basic version. He just had one in the freezer and we tried it and I was just like, Oh my goodness, this is fantastic. So to see like the final product after weeks of research and development, that was a lot of fun and extremely tasty. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm glad that that collaboration came to be. Thank you. What, as, as you look back on the growth of, Sweet Ash Max and how far you've come in such a short amount of time. What is one thing that you wish you could go back and tell yourself at the start of 2020 or maybe even just like as Sweet Ash Max is getting off the ground? What's one thing you wish you could tell yourself? It's going to be a lot of work. It's going to be a lot of like trials and errors. There's going to be a lot of um, sleepless nights. You know, it's just going to it's going to take a lot of work to get where you got. Um, but keep going, keep pushing through it and just be proud of like where you got to. Cause I, I got what I always wanted. You know, I, I wanted something for myself to have a name behind something that I can do that I can put out there and like be that little bit of like special 
thing, you know, it's somebody's special occasion, birthday, celebration, something. And, you know, I'd probably just tell myself to keep going strong, keep pushing through it, even though it's going to be hard in the times that I wanted to quit and give up and um, just go and get, you know, a nine to five job, just, just keep pushing through it. Like, and just be proud for, you know, everything that you're getting through and, um, just keep doing it. And so that was looking back now looking forward. So much is just growing and changing with sweet ash max. When you look at the future, what, what do you see? Um, well, I'm in the works of becoming like an LLC. Um, there's a gal in Des Moines who makes macarons and she bakes out of a commercial kitchen and she just got her Mac. Well, not just, but she, um, got her macarons into high V. And so I'm like, okay, like if she can do that, like why not me? You know, but I am also a stay at home mom while I do make these macarons. So it, it's a challenge within itself, but what, I see where I see myself going is either getting into a commercial kitchen or which I, I really want to do this and see if it can even happen. It probably wouldn't be until next year, but there have been people that have built like a she shed in her backyard, you know, or in their backyard and they've completely revamped it and made it into like a little commercial kitchen. Wow. And so I'm like, I could even work at home, you know, doing that. And, uh, thankfully my husband is a jack of all trades and he's like, he's a steam fitter. And so he could build the whole entire thing for me, though it would cost some money, you know, that that's kind of like my future goals. I think that would be so cool. So, um, definitely somehow getting into something that I could call, you know, commercial so I can, um, expand my product, get it into like mom and pop shops, potentially high V. Um, I don't know if I will ever ship them. They are a pain in the butt to ship, (laughs) but, um, just working on expanding, um, getting the name out there a little bit more where I can mass produce them a little bit more to where like people aren't going to be disappointed if I'm booked out, you know, cause I'm just a one gal show show. It's just me. So, um, working to expand where I can kind of produce them a little bit more, but also, you know, within state regulations and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Well, it is just so exciting to see how Thank far you. you've come and just to think about what could be coming in the future. Yeah. There's, Nothing but good things on the horizon, I think. Yeah. And this is the point in the podcast where if you haven't had a macaron, don't go to the mall (laughs) and get some. Like, go to a bakery or uh, a specialty macaron maker. And, like, there's really – it's kind of like you said at the beginning. There's not really a good way to describe biting into, like, an amazing macaron. It's something you just have to experience because words can't fully – encapsulate what it's like if you really want the macaron experience order some from sweet ash max i i'm saying this from the bottom of my heart like these things are truly special and everyone that i've shared them with people who have had macarons before people who have or are experiencing them for the first time they're just like whoa this is something different so please at the very least go to sweetashmax.com Check out what Ashley's going on. You can read more about her story. This is 
the type of local business that you want to support. A, because she's an awesome person. B, because she makes amazing food. Ashley, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. I really, really appreciate it. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure being here. Thank you so much. Omaha, as always, thanks for eating with us. A Huda Media Production.